You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania Podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodin. I'm joined, as always, by Garth. How are you, my friend? Good, yeah, good. Looking forward to chatting Impact yes, tonight. Yes, just Impact tonight, ladies and gentlemen. But join us on Thursday, where we will be reviewing Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. I'm halfway through the show, as is Garth. So far, so good. But we'll save that for our actual review. Join us tomorrow as well because Chris's uh, destruction reviews will be up tomorrow. But today, as Garth has already said, we're talking impact. The road to Bound for Glory is most definitely on its final turn. And impact seems to be cementing a lot of matches for this card. So far, Garth, what are you thinking of this card? I think it's looking really good. I think that... uh... The way the even the people who aren't sort of in the matches, they're still getting stuff through in the show. Yeah, and it's nothing seems to be too drawn out. Nothing seems to be too complicated. It's just quite simple, but quite sort of intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, we had one championship match confirmed for Bound for Glory on this episode of Impact. We already knew that Johnny Impact will be taking on Austin Aries. We already knew that Brian Cage, Pentagon and Phoenix will be taking on the Christs and Sammy Callahan. And of course, we already knew that LAX will be taking on the OGs and King. It looks a good card. I'm excited about this card. This episode of Impact, uh, the second from their tapings in Mexico, the inaugural Impact tapings from Mexico. Overall, a far better show than last week, Garth. Yeah, much better, yeah. um, The crowd seemed to be much more into it as well. They did. Um, The show seemed to flow better. Yeah. And just, I think they... There was five matches on this card. Yeah, they they definitely gave them more. Yeah, they gave them more. There wasn't as much background bullshit or backstage bullshit as I like to call it um, which is good if they let the wrestlers wrestle and just give them time to do I mean the main event that went nearly 17 minutes so you know of an hour and 31 minute show which is what it is on the Global Wrestling Network giving you know almost 20 minutes to your main event is a good start and yeah. it was a good main event it was a good main event mm-hmm. but we'll start with the opening match which saw the knockouts champion and just all-round absolute rock star Tessa Blanchard taking on Fabi Apache. Now, I knew very, very little, if anything, about Fabi Apache before the Impact tapings. Yeah, um, Not, nothing. And I mean, she had that match last week. Uh, the sort of they, they kept sort of saying that she's a legend, she's a legend. So it sort of makes sense to have her in there with Tessa. Yeah, she pretty much demolished, was it Elisa, Elisa Edwards last week? Yeah. She pretty much destroyed her. Um, this was sort of based on um, Tessa Blanchard walking into the locker room and basically being disrespectful. Fabi Apache stood up to her. Tessa Blanchard was, again, very disrespectful, and this set up a title match 
to open this show. Um, a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, shorter started than off, I thought. Just it just started just straight out of the blocks. It did, and Fabio Pacci, as you know, you would expect as you know the AAA Reina, the Reina's champion. Um, she came out of the blocks. She was on top for quite a lot of this match, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Pretty um, stiff as well. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, the clotheslines, the belly to back suplexes that um, Tessa managed to hit were also very stiff. Um, Hair slam. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good hard hitting match. Um, the sit out implant buster, good grief, because it, it was almost a pile driver, and then she just dropped Tessa on her yeah, front, like a, sort, like a sort of modified Styles Clash sort of thing. Yeah, it was it was awful. Anyway, that got two. Um, Tessa then. Attempts or well hits uh, a top rope code breaker, um, which and... seems to be the move that everybody uses nowadays. Yeah, Bushi has been using it, calling it the MX for God knows how long. But now that I don't know, can we can we say because of Jericho? I don't think it's because of Jericho. I think it's just because it looks cool. Yeah. Um, but two knockouts of the same division are using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tassa goes for a top rope. Top rope uh, code breaker that only gets her two. The the end of this match, it was a very very quick finish. Yeah. Basically, Apache goes for Tessa. Tessa hits her with the buzzsaw DDT for the win. It sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah, as if they've been told sort of times up. Yeah, almost. It was. It seemed a very rushed ending because the match had been building very nicely. They'd built Fabi Apache because, let's face it, she was never winning this match. It was always going to be no, Tessa. No. But... It was just sort of more. It was more sort of validation towards the fact that Tessa's the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And when I was watching this, I, I, it's the first time I'd really noticed it and looked at it. But absolutely love that knockout championship belt. Looks a lot better than it has done. I think all really, the belts look better. It's just a really nice sort of smart belt. Just a bit different because it's all sort of in different sort of parts. Yeah. I don't know. Just, I'm just, it's just that one match, the way she held it up for ages in the camera, it looked really cool. I just think it's because it's around Tessa Blanchard's waist, to be perfectly honest. That's true. <laughs> the person makes the championship after all. Um, yeah. But anyway, Tessa Blanchard wins with that. This entire thing, obviously, I think was a vehicle for the next bit. Um, Tessa Blanchard gets a microphone, puts herself over as the diamond of the knockouts division, says she's beaten everyone. There's no one left to challenge her when Taya Valkyrie appears on the screen. Speaking Spanish, she's obviously got a long history in Mexico, so she got a relatively big pop when she came on Mm -hmm. the screen. Um, she said that she's got all the respect in the world for Tessa, but can she really call herself the best when she hasn't beaten her? And, mm-hmm. you know, again, she respects Tessa, even if everyone thinks she's a bitch. Oh, no, like she that. didn't. <laughs> um, so, you know, there was it was a nice bit. I enjoyed it. Ty Valkyrie's obviously been away from Impact for a bit, seems to be coming back. I'm up for this match. I think it's going to be an excellent match. I like how it's... It's seemingly came out of nowhere and it's just bang straight into the Bound for Glory match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it seemed to be a, a. Yeah, no build up at all. But then again, Tessa is right. She has beaten. I mean, you're looking at the top knockouts at the moment. She's beaten Ali, she's beaten Sue Young. I mean, Alicia Edwards, she's beaten as well. Yeah. Kira Hogan, can you call Kira Hogan a challenger yet? Probably not. 
who else have you got really apart from Scarlet Bordeaux? Mm, no one exactly else in the yeah. building. No. Um, and obviously Rosemary's out with an injury, so you know this makes sense for me. Um, yeah, definitely. So Eddie then goes. Eddie Edwards is then backstage with Alicia Edwards, who we've just been talking about. Um, she wants nothing to do with him. Johnny Impact arrives, says, <laughs> "You know, I'm your friend. We're going to do this tonight." Um, they've named the kendo stick Kenny. <laughs> he is now apparently a person. Uh, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed this little interchange, to be perfectly honest. I find Johnny yeah. Impact extremely charismatic. I love Crazy Eddie. Um, I'm sure eventually him and Alicia will um, reconcile. Patch things up. Yeah, I'm sure it, I'm sure it won't take long. Um, we then get OVE promo. Um, sort Before of a... that, we'll get Don Callis with his hat. Yes, Don Callis <laughs> being unable God. to put on a Bound for Glory cap. Um, I love the fact that Josh Matthews just straight away. So you do realize you can put those underneath the headphones, right? So Don Carlos just makes it worse, puts it on backwards. It looks terrible. He's so good. He looked he looked so much like a dad going through a midlife crisis. Totally. And it was just fantastic. Um, we got shilled a load of stuff about how we could get free Bound for Glory hats. Um, which we can't because I've checked. Which we can't, apparently. <laughs> why Why can we not get them? Is it because we're in Britain? Don't, they don't sell to the UK, yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, I mean, let's face it, we'd only buy baseball caps and wear them like Don Callis. Yeah. I mean, that's that's only the that's the only acceptable way to wear a Bound for Glory baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was followed by the stalwart of, of Impact Tapings at the moment, the OVE promo which yeah. I, again, really, really enjoyed. I enjoyed this for a different reason. Um, Sammy sort of goes into the fact that the entire reason Bound for Glory is sold out is because of him, the draw, and Jake Christ is just copying off him the entire time, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. But what makes me laugh even more is not the fact that Jake's copying, it's the fact that Dave is just looking at him going, what, what? are you doing? And then he turns <laughs> to the camera at one point and goes, is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> Um, there's a couple of times that Sammy has to stop because Jake is like mimicking him, wanting to be obviously Sammy Callahan, and he <laughs> says, "I have got an opportunity. I could take it myself, but because we're family, I'm giving it to one of you guys." And he turns to Jake and says, "I've got you a match tonight." Jake is pumped. Yes, I want this match. He says, "No disrespect, Dave." He says, "You've got a match, Jake, against Brian Cage," and Jake <laughs> shits himself. His face is so good, though. It's brilliant. It's I love it. And uh, he, Sammy Callahan, does this job of building him up, building him up, saying, "You come on, you can do this. You can do this." And eventually, Jake is like, "I'm going to beat the monster." <laughs> and uh, obviously, he doesn't. Spoilers, but um, yeah, this is all setting up a match for uh, later on in the show. Yeah. We then get Eli Drake walking around Mexico City. Um, quite funny. It was quite funny. Just. Randomly walking around to people asking if they were going to come to watch him next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eli Drake. Um, he does say he's part Mexican. Uh, yeah, how, how much of that is true, I don't know. Um, but he does issue an open challenge to a luchador. So who will who will answer that? I really, really want it to be Pentagon. I'm guessing it's going to be one of the major Mexican. I imagine so. I imagine it will be someone along the lines of the three that opened the show last week. Yeah. Um, it would be nice for it to be a big name. 
Uh, whether it is or not, I don't know, but it would be nice for it to be a big name. Yeah. Um, we then get to the aforementioned match between the X Division champion Brian Cage and Jake Christ. Goth, what did you text me after you'd watched this match? Um, that every time I see him, I'm more and more impressed by um, Brian Cage. He is very, very good. I it's think like we were what? extremely naive to sort of bin him off after Slammiversary. Yeah. But, it's, go on. I think it was more It was more his character, because I'd seen him in um, Lucha Underground as this big monster heel. Yeah. And he was playing completely the opposite. And I don't think he'd fully sort of, he was all in on the character at that, that like Slammiversary. Yeah. But now he's totally come into it. And it's like Don Callis said, he's just, he's a freak. An absolute freak. I think that is probably the best way to describe him. I mean, running through some of these spots, I mean, Jake Chris does a fantastic job of selling for Cage and actually gets in quite a lot of offense, especially at the start. Um, I like how um, he he sort of works the kicks. He works his arm quite a lot. Yeah, he Um, does. and, And Cage sells it as well. He does. Obviously, as Garth just said, Jake sort of targets the arm. And that leads into Chris attempting a Rana, um, which is blocked by Cage. So Jake sort of adapts it into sort of an arm lock, which Cage then counters into a single-armed powerbomb, which just looked <laughs> very, very painful to take. Um, we it's then like, had a 619 from the man. <laughs> That's the thing that just I can't believe he does. <laughs> Yeah, and he does it so gracefully for a man yeah. who is more muscle than anything else in that man. Let's be perfectly honest. And he's very, very graceful. Yeah. Um, I mean, he hit... Don't forget, he hit a tope suicide over the top rope, <laughs> corkscrewing. That's just... That's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. He hits an, a, like a really sweet sort of flying elbow as well. He does. He does. Where he sort of almost overshoots <laughs> but he does the sort of Shawn Michaels sort of elbow. Yeah. Um. Just to yeah he does and then he twists doesn't he to like sort mm-hmm. of go oh shit I've over... No I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> um, really good. But to sort of sell how strong Cage is Jake Crest hits a super cutter and Brian Cage kicks out a one. <laughs> which Jay Christ at this point is, he's turning to Sammy Callahan and going, what the fuck do I do now? I don't have anything else. He's kicking out of it. So Sammy Callahan does that whole, you know, pep talk to him, built him up, built him up. Jake Chris gets, oh yeah, I'm ready. Turns around into a drill claw and that's the end. Um, which I liked. I liked. It was a good match. It yeah. made Brian Cage look fucking amazing. Yeah, Jake totally. Chris sold like an absolute motherfucker, which was amazing. Um, and and added, the character work from Jake Chris is always fantastic. That's like a, a quite a good dynamic. And it's what I was thinking during the match. What Don Callis mentioned, he said, was this all just set up by Callahan as like a, to sort of weaken Brian Cage or to get a sort of look at him? Yeah. And was, was Jake the, the sacrificial lamb? Well, that was sort of carried on in the post-match stuff where... Obviously, as soon as that bell rings, Dave, Chris, Sammy Callahan are in there attacking yeah. 
um, Brian Cage stamping on him, basically not letting him get up. The lights go down, lights come back up. Dave Christ is missing, but the hat is in the ring. I love that. <laughs> we cut to the screen where Phoenix and Pentagon have abducted him, have turned <laughs> him to a steel chair, and are beating the piss out of him with kendo sticks. This was brilliant up until you cut to Sammy's face and he goes, Dave! <laughs> Just to the heavens, which was the most overly dramatic thing I've ever seen. That's and then so him and Jake walk to like um, the staging area and Sammy Callahan turns to the crowd and goes, where's Dave? <laughs> which is just... <laughs> It's it's a nice step though. It's a nice logical step. I like it. Um, then then um, Brian Cage dives on them. <laughs> yes, Brian Cage destroys them with a double clothesline. Um, we then get what me and you have described as the funniest part of the show. <laughs> um, basically, we have new interviewer. It's not Alicia and Moose, Killer Cross, and Austin Aries are there having an interview. And Moose and Killer Cross steal this for me. Yeah, um, it's just where um, it opens. The first thing that comes out of Aries' mouth is, what, he's still here? <laughs> <laughs> well, they gave very two very different promos. Yeah. Uh, Moose's was very sleazy, you know, very <laughs> much, you know, no matter what happens, I'm still going to be Moose. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, then he starts hitting on the interviewer, which is very, very it's cringy, really, but it, it worked. Really it creepy. was fantastic. And then Killer Cross just delivers the most intense, scary promo. He stares at the camera, unblinking, and just without really raising his voice, delivers this Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm just going to say it was Jake Roberts all over. It was. It is terrifying promo. It's brilliant. Which he I think then that's ended. The best promo. Yeah, by far. He then said, I'm going to make Johnny Impact, Johnny Neck Brace. And I was like, oh, that's a bit of a cheesy way to end it until Austin Aries re- rescued it by saying to the interviewer afterwards, oh, yeah, that's it, you're done. And then he just walks off and goes, ha, neck brace. Which <laughs> was just, it rescued that bit for me. It really did. But and ultimately... Moose standing there in like this gold, oh, it was like a red sort of Oh, he dresses like shirt. such a douche now. But it just works. I was saying to you before we came on air that I'd never seen Moose as a heel before. I'd always seen him as like Mr. Impact, you know, that baby face. Mm -hmm. And I never want to see him go back to that now. No. I think he's just too good. We had the uh, flashback of the week, the flashback moment of the week. And I just want to take a moment because I did actually watch this Mm -hmm. for once. Um, It's from Bound for Glory 2006. And it was you can talk LAX. about one of the spots. Yeah, no, I'm not going to talk about any of the spots. I'm just going to gush about the match. It was oh, yeah. LAX taking on AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels in a cage match. Yeah. Fuck me. What a match. Brilliant. Absolutely insane. If you haven't seen it, go to the Global Wrestling Network and watch it. Or go on to I think it might be on YouTube, to be fair. It probably will Impact be. uploading all the time. Great stuff to YouTube. Um, seriously check it out because this was when Impact was incredible. This is when sort of LAX were at their like peak as well. LAX have been at the peak of the Impact Tag Division since 2006. Mm-hmm. They always seem to be champion. Um, it's, um, it's the Because I remember um, 
I don't really remember the match from this, but then one thing happened, and I do remember it, and it's where Hernandez dives off the cage. Oh, God, yeah. And misses, and you're like, holy shit. How that man is still walking, <laughs> never mind wrestling, how that man is still walking is beyond me. It's a shame, really, because, yeah, that is a massive, massive spot. But the match itself before that, everything that the four men put themselves through in that cage is just, it's incredible. It's such a good match. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't usually talk about the um, network moment of the week because usually they're just, you know, they're just random Main matches, event mafia. But, well, yeah, it's main event mafia and that massive brawl between the entire of the impact locker room. <laughs> but this was very, very much worth checking out. Check it out. We then have Grado and Joe Hendry backstage. Uh, Katarina arrives, to which both Grado and Hendry repeats the access denied, which is That's... brilliant. It's the, so good. The more this angle progresses, the more I'm entertained by it. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, I, I want Joe Hendry just into the, that main event scene um, because he is also an outstanding heel. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, this will do. He, Katarina understands all of, you know, the bad the bad vibes from Grado and Henry and says that it's a misunderstanding and because she knows Grado likes gifts, she's got a <laughs> gift for Grado. And she introduces a fucking giant of a man <laughs> in a scary-ass clown mask. <laughs> now, if you want to get over what your character's called, okay, make it very blunt. This person <laughs> is called Murder Clown. <laughs> yep. Murder I guess he's part clown. of like the insane clown posse. Murder clown. <laughs> now I know nothing of murder clown. I don't know if he's a Mexican wrestler. He didn't sound Mexican. Um but what? Yeah. It's up there with the worst names I've ever heard. But also one of the scariest wrestlers I've ever seen. Yes, he's a terrifying man, like a legitimately scary man. Legit imagine Killian Dane but bigger and hairier, and that is Murder Clown. Murder <laughs> Clown. I'm looking forward to seeing him. <laughs> looking forward to seeing who? Murder Clown. Murder Clown. <laughs> Fucking Murder Clown. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, Joe Hendry's going to face Murder Clown. Murder Clown next week. Murder fucking clown. Right. <laughs> Murder clown. Honestly, people ask me why I'm into wrestling. I mean, what chance have I got if the moment they walk in while I'm watching wrestling, Murder Clown is on the telly? <laughs> They're probably thinking, what are you watching? <laughs> fucking Murder Clown. Anyway, let's let's get away from this silliness and get on to something serious. Scarlet Bordeaux's <laughs> got a big announcement, Garth. Yep. Um, basically... From what I can gather, and this is what I understood, the big announcement was that she was issuing a global talent search. I think that's what she called it. And the winner will get her for 24-7. I think it was get her attention for 24-7 or 24 hours a day. I don't know how long this lasts, whether it's one day or not. It's because she's pushing the whole thing where she said since she's came, she's sort of inspired people to greatness, basically. Yeah, she used the example of the fact that she managed to get a show after one week, but it was canned after two. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's... She's got Falabar into the championship match. Which 
she had minimal amount to do with. Yeah. I think I think that's blowing. Anyway, so Garth, to you, did it yeah. seem a little bit like Scarlet was pimping herself out? Yes, it sounded like whoever wins his talent search wins her. Yeah. Now, how does that work? Because, like, are they are they going to receive her in the post? Is she just going to arrive one day? Can you imagine enter a competition, opening the door, and there is just a scarlet Bordeaux on the doorstep? Well, it's a smoke. <laughs> yeah, they're just on oh, that stupid theme tune. But I, I just I don't, I don't understand. I'm guessing she's just going to be their manager. That's is that what it's supposed to be? That's all I can think. Because yeah. I'll be honest, I would love to have her as my manager at work. <laughs> like just just to bring her in, just yeah, to follow just... me everywhere and like hold things for me. <laughs> but I just I don't I don't understand how this can be classed as a big announcement. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I suppose it's going to be interesting to see what this talent is if it's like a sort of. I don't know, like a wrestling equivalent of X Factor. I mean, how talented have you got to be? <laughs> I can do rudimentary magic. Does that make me talented? <laughs> do I win Scarlet Bordeaux? Maybe. Better get down there. Oh, it's just. <laughs> what are the things like? I can do about 25 keep ups with a football. Is that a talent to win Scarlet Bordeaux 24 7? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping because not like even Josh Matthews and uh, Don Callis didn't really elaborate anymore. Josh Matthews tried to elaborate and pretty much gave me the complete opposite <laughs> explanation as to what Scarlet did. So does this start next week then? Oh God knows, Garth. <laughs> I'm 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 still trying to ascertain as to what the global talent search even is. I mean, I know four letters of the Greek alphabet. I am a talented man. I'm not going to lie. I just, I'm so confused. So, at this point, I'd had back-to-back Murder Clown Scarlet Bordeaux. and Scarlet Bordeaux's big announcement being that she was basically going to post herself to you if you're talented. It was, <laughs> it was a very, very confusing five minutes for me. Very confusing. But, we followed that up with a match. So, Garma Singh is now in the ring. And... Um, the Desi Hit Squad are introduced, as are the champions, LAX. This was a very fun match. Yeah, they, LAX got a really good reaction as well, as they did. you would expect. They did. My issue with this match, nobody gives one iota of a fuck about the Desi Hit Squad. Yeah. They're just... Well, they are like the, they are basically the, the jobber team, aren't they? Yeah, but again, and I know I shouldn't just keep heartening back to the impact after Slammiversary, where Desi Hit Squad ran in on Ishimori and P.T. Williams and beat them down. And you were mm-hmm. thinking, oh, big things are obviously happening for these. And they are a TV job squad at the moment. Yeah. I mean, they did... They started on top in this match, and they got minimal offense in, really. Yeah. Really. I mean, they were, they were all right, but... I mean, LAX ultimately won. Um, yeah. And to be honest, it was there was bits that were good, um, but 
the I think main it just showed thing you. for me is the crowd just aren't bothered about no. Desi Hit Squad. I think it was just more to get to get LEX in the ring for a reason. For then the video afterwards. Yeah, ob- that's... obviously. And you've obviously got to keep your tag team champion strong. Mm-hmm. But... but the, I don't know. I think... Um, I think I honestly believe the only thing that's really keeping any interest in the Dizzy Hit Squad is like Gamma Singh. Beating the shit out of them. Yeah. Because I mean, it gives a... them... At least it gives them some sort of character. The thing that worries me is that they started to push Desi Hit Squad. They've now lost all momentum. They've lost an absolute shed load of matches. Um, They've won one match that I've seen them competing, and that was against Grado and Joe Hendry as part of their storyline. Oh, no, sorry. It was um, KM and Falaba they yeah. beat as part of their storyline. So, I don't know. I don't see them anywhere near the tag titles. LAX oh, no, really outclassed them here. Yeah, really did without doing a lot. To be fair, apart from the botched uh, sunset bomb thing by Ortiz, yes, it's sat on them. Not great, not great, but <laughs> we'll let them off because the race. Yeah. Um, King then arrives on the screen and delivers one of my favourite promos from Impact this year. Yeah, he was outstanding here he goes really on intense he was unbelievable he didn't he didn't miss a beat he he does everything from saying that the new lax are young boy bitches he <laughs> talks about conan's legacy in mexico and he's done his research and that's what makes it so good he talks about how conan's leached off yeah. people like eddie guerrero Art bar he still leeches off Rey mysterio but him like and the OGs sort of, have figured him out, and it's just, it's fucking brilliant. He puts over the fact that Conan is this sort of legend, which is obviously going to tie into him thinking, so me beating him makes me even better. Yeah. And the fact that they've got his mask as well, because they say, oh, you're disgraced, you're, this is the time where you lost your mask, uh, and then they burn it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely incredible. It's on their Twitter account, uh, Impact's Twitter account. You should check it out because I've watched it now three times. Well, it's, I mean, it is, it's, obviously it's not the mask, but that's one of the sort of biggest marks of disrespect you can do to, like, a luchador is burn his mask. Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously, we know that King and the OGs are attempting to sort of tempt Conan and the LAX to break the ceasefire. Yeah. Um, I'd be very surprised if it happens, but because am I right in thinking that next week is the go-home for Bound for Glory? Um, yes, it is. Yes, it is, yeah. So, oh, we'll have to do our predictions as well. <laughs> I'll have to beat you again. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that was done. That was brilliant. Um, <laughs> this bit really made me laugh, and it's sudden because it was shit, but the Falabar and KM bit, KM is in a ridiculous neck brace <laughs> and he's tucked in at bed and Falabar is singing him a lullaby which is just Ba-ba-ba. the word bar but it's just fantastic and he kisses him as well. he does, he kisses him and then KM wakes up, asks him to get revenge for him and basically tells him to go 
but it was it was brilliant. It was yeah. so funny. Um, and then they have the was the the bit with Abyss had a uh, Hall of Fame. Yes, correct. Sort of Abyss is headlining the Impact Hall of Fame this year. I believe yeah. Saturday the thirteenth of October, the night before Bound for yeah. Glory. Um, fair enough. Totally, I was just going to say, do you agree? Totally, yeah, totally. Do, like deserves it. Yeah, I mean, he's been with Impact since pretty much the start. Yeah. So yeah, hell yeah. To be honest, I'm surprised he's not already in. I th- yeah, I mean that. I mean, it didn't start great for them because that year when the. Um, they asked Kurt Angle to go and he said no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. He did it. I mean, he did eventually. But originally he said no. <laughs> that, that yeah. I mean, everybody wants to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. But if people are turning down your Hall of Fame, that's not good, is it? No. Um, but yeah, it, for me, personally, Abyss should have been in before Team 3D. He should have, yeah, he should, have, he should have been in before Angle. I mean, he'd been in there. I'm sure he must have been in about four or five years before Angle came in. Yeah, well, Angle was 2007? Something like that, yeah. 2008? I'm sure people will correct us in the comments, yeah. but 2000, I'm sure it was like that era. Um, Abyss, I mean, the stuff he did, when, especially with... Um, James Mitchell, that was amazing, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, James Mitchell's fantastic. I wish James Mitchell was still around. Um, But yeah, we had that. I think we both agree that Abyss should be in the Hall of Fame without a shadow of a doubt. Um, We then got a tag team match, which I'm sure we've had before. Uh, If I have, I've blocked it from my memory. Which is Garth's favourite person in the whole wide world, Ali. And Kira Hogan taking on Sue Young and the Undead Maid of Honor, who for me was the MVP of this match. And she hasn't even got a name. I was just going to say that. I said, I've actually got written down like best worker of the match. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, where do I start? This was the most disappointing match for me. Not necessarily because of the works involved. I thought it was a, a tidy match. I thought it was all right. Um, Ali was made to look extremely strong again. Um, Kira Hogan made to look very strong again. Yeah, she got quite a lot of good stuff in. She actually. did. There was no real big spots here. Um, big corner drop kit that was quite good. Oh yeah, she Kira Hogan proper made contact there <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, Ali sort of goes wild with super kicks. Um, but eventually, one of the best. Go on. One of the one of the best parts of the whole match was. Josh Matthews and Don Callis explaining how the mandible claw works. Yes, the cluster of nerves at the back of the tongue. Yeah. I and never knew so, that. And how it sort of makes you black out. I just thought it was because, you know, it's gross. It's file. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. But I thought, that's really, really good. That's really sort of smart to put that in there. Yeah, and it... it I mean, we should assume it's not because they were bored and running out of things to say about this match. Um... <laughs> Which would be understandable. Um, I think the thing that surprised me most about this match was not that Kira Hogan was the one getting the pinfall. I think that she had the most to gain from getting a pinfall here. Um, but that Sue Young took the pinfall again. Again, yeah. 
I mean, Hogan's Fisherman's Netbreaker does look very nice. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very smooth move, and I think this is probably the best I've seen Kira Hogan look. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last time she wrestled, we both said she still looked very green. I mean, she was in with Alicia Edwards, who perhaps isn't as strong a worker as the people in this match, but yeah, you know, why I, I don't why Sue Young taking the pinfall when and the undead maid of honor doesn't have a fucking name. Exactly, unless it's again feeding into the. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Unless it's to, unless it's to give more sort of legitimacy to the to the victory. The fact that it is Sue Young. Maybe, but both Ali and Kira Hogan now have victories over Sue Young, yeah. and I don't know. Um, as as does most of the lot. Yeah, hmm. it's well, yeah. What for me, both me and you, when we started doing impact reviews um, at Slammiversary, we both said how much we enjoyed Sue Young's character mm. and what they were doing with her. And honestly, the U-turn has been alarming. Yeah. Because there's you know no way Sue Young looks like a title contender at the moment. It, it, it reminds me of two people. It reminds me of what they did with what WWE did with Asuka. Yep. And with Bray Wyatt. Where they had this character she had this amazing storyline with Rosemary and Ali that built up this mystical sort of strange sort of being. And now she's just a normal wrestler again. Well, two weeks ago, Ali and Kira Hogan got the best of Sue Young when Sue Young attempted to put Tessa Blanchard in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Ali has already got a pinfall victory over Sue Young in a tag team match, the same tag team match, and now Kira Hogan has a pinfall victory over Sue Young. Yeah. The undead maid of honour has not been pinned. <laughs> Is there going to be an uprising? Well, Is she going to be the new maid, the new Sue Young? I, I'm wondering if at some point... I mean, how how close is Rosemary to coming back? I hope she's soon. I like Rosemary. Because, I, I mean, this is just totally, totally just plucking ideas out there, but if at some point the undead bride, one of those undead brides is Rosemary, Ooh. and sort of a fight breaks out or something like that, Ooh. something like Oh, I like your thinking, Garth. Yeah. Or she's in the coffin. Or she's in the <laughs> coffin, yeah. It's the sort of thinking that goes into Showtime Wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we move on to the main event. Johnny Impact and Eddie Edwards taking on the team of Moose and Killer Cross. Um, what do you think, Garth? I enjoyed it. It was a fun match. Yeah. Um, it was a strange match. Uh. Because it just, it, I don't know. It didn't. It wasn't like they were trying to go for the for a win. If you know what I mean. Killer Cross and um, Moose. Yeah. Like Killer Cross just was well. He was just trying to do what he said he was going to do. He just wanted to beat them down. Yeah. I mean, the story was very much Moose and Eddie Edwards here. I mean, for the and first the bit... part of the match, Moose actively avoided Eddie Edwards. Any time oh, that, Eddie Edwards that... tagged in. That Moose was good, out. though. That was, that was fun. It was brilliant. It was um, brilliant. The, and then, I mean, Killer Cross, he got some strength as well. He's a big lad. He's um, a very big lad. Did that giant swing into, like, a sort of Boston Crab sort of cloverfield? The cloverleaf, yeah. Cloverleaf, sorry, yeah. 
And the bit, <laughs> the bit with Moose, honestly, he's oh, putting he... his hands down his pants, and then chopped Eddie Edwards. Oh god! <laughs> but then he, t- but then he tagged Killer Cross in with it. Yeah. <laughs> it it was relatively gross. It was yeah. relatively gross. It was, it's, it's funny. Um, I mean, talking about Cross's strength, he then hits that overhead throw. Yeah, which is just mental, absolutely mental. Um, Johnny Impact throughout this match is made to look very strong, very quick. You're right in the way that Cross and Moose didn't exactly go at it full board, did they? They didn't exactly no. go for the win going at an extreme pace, which is understandable. They're heels. But when you contrast that with the way Johnny Impact was wrestling, you know, leaping <laughs> over ropes, you know, going into the crowd and hitting double axe handles from the yeah. from the stands, it was it was a nice it was a nice contrast. Um I have a question though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Eddie Edwards does hit a blue thunder bomb. It's a two count. Then at that point, the referee's still in the ring, isn't he, Garth? Yeah. Okay. So why was it not a disqualification when Eddie Edwards beats the piss out of Killer Cross with the kendo stick? I think the referee wasn't... Well, I don't think he saw it or he was supposed to be sort of positioned that way he wouldn't see it. There is one shot where the ref is looking directly at it. Yeah. Because does... um. Aries come in with the belt. And then Impact takes it off him and hits him with it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, again, through this whole match, Aries's face was just... I was watching it through the match and every time sort of Eddie Edwards or Johnny Impact got a move in, he was incensed <laughs> or shocked beyond belief. <laughs> He's just fantastic. He's just fantastic. But yeah... I mean, there was a spot where um, the ref sort of got squashed in the corner. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, there's a ref bump. But he just didn't even acknowledge it. No, we got back up. Um, so it was a blatant cock up. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It was a very, very contrived ending. Um, yeah. Basically, um, Edwards then turned around to hit Moose with the cane, but Moose sort of scouted it, hit him with the spear, picks up the win. It's hit him with some sort of... Tw- Weird twisting spear. Oh, I love it though. I love the somersault afterwards. It looks I so like, good because it makes it it makes it look like he's hitting him with such force. It's knocking him. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It was just I don't know. I for me the ending was bizarre. Yeah, because I mean I, I've just put me notes. It was just a fun match. It was just good. It was. It was a good match, and you know it was a far better impact than last week. Yeah, and hopefully with next week being the go home for Bound for Glory where, you know, we've got Rich Swan versus Matt Seidel, which is going to be an outstanding match. We've got Sue Young versus Kira Hogan, where I'm sure <laughs> Sue Young will be taking another pinfall. Um Eli Drake's open challenge and don't forget what I think will probably be the main event. Joe Hendry versus Murder Clown. <laughs> murder Clown. <laughs> murder Clown. <laughs> Fucking Murder Clown. Um, I, think it's, I think it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show, and Bound for Glory is going to be absolutely excellent. I'm really looking forward to it. It's good for Impact that they've already sold it out. I just hope they can follow Slammiversary. I really yeah. hope it's going to be that kind of show that gets the buzz going for the company. Yeah. But 
ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is our impact review for this week. Did you enjoy it? Let us know in the comments. You can talk to us on Facebook, fans of Podmoni- Podmania, sorry, podcasts. You can talk to us on Twitter at, at Podmania. Talk to me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Garth, where can they find you? I'm at Drummer Jackson. Thanks very much. And we will talk to you guys again soon. See you later, guys. <laughs>